Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Doctor, we'll see you now in our presented by the Spectrum Medical Group. We continue now with Dr. Derek Mitleider. He is the Director of Vascular and Interventional Services at Spectrum Medical Group. Doctor, good morning. Good morning. How you doing? Good. We had a rousing conversation this morning about chickens and bees and all sorts of stuff. When do you have time for all this stuff? You know, fixing people's hearts and things, and then you're like fixing the environment with the food and stuff. You know, that's all good. I have a wife who's willing to, oh, uh, to put up with my hobby. That's cool. That's really that's really what makes it pretty helpful. Um, let's. Fo- uh, this is your uh, second appearance on the Breakfast Club, but uh, let's uh, kind of roll through here and like to recap some stuff. Uh, let's talk about how you decided to become a doctor and how you ended up uh, in your in your chosen field here. So, for interventional radiology, what really inspired me to go into it was when I kind of stumbled onto it in medical school, and seeing the physicians, the interventional radiologists, able to do procedures using x-rays, ultrasounds, things like that, so they didn't actually have to open up a patient to do a procedure. Um, it was The first time you see it, it's almost kind of like magic. Piece. You can see the tools inside the patient um, with x-ray, um, and it allows you to do a lot without anything more than just a tiny little hole in a patient's skin. You said you, you stumbled upon it kind of during medical school. How did that happen? It was, honestly, I was trying to find a section in the hospital where I had a patient I had to round on, and I passed these rooms, and they were doing procedures, and it was it was captivating. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. It, it was like that Seinfeld episode, everybody was looking around, did anybody drop like a, like a chiclet in or anything? <laughs> Nobody dropped a thin okay, mint. Okay, nothing, no, there was no thin mints put in there. All right, that's a big key. All right, that's, it's always nice when you know that that's not happening. So varicose veins are something that I've heard a lot about. Um, what are they? So the folks that don't know, know what they are, and, and why do they need to be treated, and how would you treat them? So varicose veins are basically veins that over time have gotten so big that they no longer serve any purpose for a patient. Um, they, most people think, think of them as simply being unsightly, um, but they can cause a lot more than simply being something that, that you would rather not look at. Um, they can lead to chronic leg pain in patients. They can cause chronic uh, aching, um, swelling, and itching. And in worst case scenarios, which we see quite a bit, they can actually make it difficult for patients to heal wounds that they get. Um, patients bump their ankle on something, and it's very difficult for that wound to ever heal. It can take months, sometimes even years for that to happen if they have varicose veins. Well, that could certainly cause some issues later on Absolutely. Um, with, with major things. So how are they treated? So historically, they were treated by literally uh, ripping them out. Oh, um, that's but, nice. That's yeah, comforting. Exactly, which that's is good. why what we do is so much better. Um, how we treat them now in most cases is we can use either a laser or we can use a very thick foam, almost like a caulk, um, to fill them and to destroy them from the inside out. And so you don't have to have any cuts, incisions, anything like that. It all is done through a needle. A sophisticated heat beam known as a laser. That's right. That's great. Any sharks with laser beams on their foreheads or anything? Not on the forehead. Not on the forehead. Okay. (laughs) Always good to know. Dr. Derek Mintleiter is in from Spectrum Medical Group. The doctor will see you now. Hour. We'll have more with him on the way. It's Breakfast Club. Mains Big Z. Seven and a quarter, 53 degrees. 
your home for George in the middays and weekdays, 10 to 2. Dr. Derek Mitlitter is in from Spectre Medical Group. Find them online and uh, find them on Facebook and all the everything now, the whole thing. Uh, you can also find Maine Vascular online at mainvascular.com. Specializes in the treatment of peripheral vascular disease. I was very excited I could say peripheral. For the longest time, I struggled <laughs> with that word, doctor. Really struggled with that hard. So, um, DVT, deep vein thrombosis. Very excited that I know that, too. <laughs> Apparently, I've been watching medical stuff on TV. It's another condition we, we sometimes hear about. What is that, and how is it treated? So unlike varicose veins, which we talked about before, um, deep veins are veins that are within the muscle of your leg, and so they're veins that you can't see. Um, and they're the ones that are important. Um, if you get a clot in them, it can have a significant negative impact on a person's ability to do um, what they want to do because they end up getting leg swelling. They can have chronic pain. Um, a fairly small DVT may be of no clinical significance long term, but a lot of patients that we see get a lot of clot in their legs. And those are the patients who really, without a more aggressive treatment, probably will never go back to normal. And those are the patients that we try to basically break up the clot that's in their leg in order to give them the best chance to return to normal functioning over time. What causes these sorts of things? I assume it's a myriad of issues, but... Is, and that's, is there... that's usually it. Um, there are, you know, a lot of times people will look to see if they have some genetic predisposition, um, but most of the time you, you really don't find an answer. It's usually a lot of little things that add up to bad luck at any one given time. It could be a long flight. Um, it could be that uh, someone was recently started on oral birth control pills. Um, smoking increases your risk, uh, being obese increases your risk. There are a lot of little things that rarely in and of themselves explain it. Um, and we honestly see more of them in wintertime because people are less active, and that also predisposes people to getting a DVT. Uh, I assume driving, driving long distances would be similar to uh, being on the planes as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah, so people like truck drivers that are on the road all the time are people that are driving constantly uh, at risk for, for things like that. So. Um, let's talk a little bit too about uterine fibroid embolization. I got that. I think I got embolization right. That you was did. great. So what are those? <laughs> so fibroids are benign uh, growths that occur over time in not all women, but a high percentage of women, and they can cause a lot of problems ranging from chronic pain um, to uh, dysfunctional bleeding, meaning that uh, women who, when they have their periods, their periods are particularly heavy or they can be irregular. Um, it also, in a lot of women, causes a sensation that they need to urinate uh, much more frequently than they would normally expect to. Um, and it just, it, it can be something that over time, as they become more and more symptomatic, it, it really can interfere with, uh, with their, their lives quite significantly. Talking with Dr. Derek Mitletter, he's the Director of Vascular and Interventional Services at Spectrum Medical Group. We'll have more with him on the way. You can find more about Maine Vascular online at mainvascular.com. 726, 53 degrees, Maine's Big Z. Breakfast Club, Maine's Big Z. Your home for Mark Turcotte after dark, weeknights, 6 to midnight. Yes, you see him at the comedy clubs and you see him here. That's how cool it is. It's good. 
Only person I'll ever say is funnier than me, Dr. Mitlider. <laughs> only person I'll ever say. I'll ever admit that. Doctor, we'll see you now. Hours presented by the Spectrum Medical Group. Uh, for more information about Maine Vascular, go to mainvascular.com. We're talking about uterine uh, fibroid embolization. What, how do you treat the uterine fibroids? Uh, we talked about those in the last segment, uh, ending the last segment. How do you treat those? So the most common treatment in the United States is going to be uh, surgery. So women having a hysterectomy or having their uterus removed, about 200,000 of those are done annually in the U.S. Um, for exactly the same symptoms, what we offer is a minimally invasive treatment where we can use tiny little beads or particles, uh, each of which is only about half a millimeter in size. It almost looks like dust in a tube. And we can use those to to block the blood supply to the fibroids and cause them to shrink over time. And it results in the same uh, outcome for women where it relieves their symptoms from fibroids, but it allows them to avoid surgery. The entire thing can be done through a tiny tube that actually goes into, um, into the wrist. And as soon as the procedure's over, a woman can stand up, walk around if she wants to. It's an outpatient procedure. Typically costs about a third less than surgery and the return to work time for women is vastly less. It's about nine days on average compared to six weeks for surgery. Wow, so nine days compared to six weeks, that's, uh, that's pretty good. It that's, is. A, that's a pretty solid, uh, pretty solid turnaround time. How's the, uh, how's the effectiveness? The effectiveness, if you look at data that's been uh, published over time, the longer we look out, we find that these women, that their symptoms are well controlled uh, through the point of their lives where their symptoms would resolve anyway, which is menopause. Um, and we know that for a majority of women greater than 90%, um, they are satisfied with the procedure even out at five years. There's a small percentage of women who undergo either hysterectomy ultimately or a repeat embolization, but all of those women taken together are less than 10% of women. How, uh, how long did it take to develop that? It sounds like it was a six-week thing for a while. How long has this, uh, this newer technique been around? So the procedure was first used in France in the early 90s. It was actually a pre-surgical procedure. So women who were going to get a hysterectomy, interventional radiologists would embolize the uterus to cut down on uh, bleeding during the procedure. And what they found is a percentage of women that they did this on ended up not needing surgery at all. And so that's how it developed. It was first done in the U.S. in 1995 or 1996, and it's grown since then. The, the biggest barrier that it's had to um, to growth as a in our population has simply been that women don't know about it. It's very uncommonly presented as an option to women who have uh, fibroids that are causing them problems. We are talking with Dr. Dirk Mitletter. He is the Director of Vascular and Interventional Services at Spectrum Medical Group. You can find more about Maine Vascular online, mainvascular.com. We will have one more segment with him on the way. You are listening to The Breakfast Club on a Thursday Mains Big Z, worldwide at MainsBigZ.com. Welcome back. Segment number four of The Breakfast Club on a Thursday. Dr. Mintleiter's in. He's the Director of Vascular and Interventional Services at Spectrum Medical Group. Find them online at MainVascular.com for the Vascular and Interventional Services. Been talking about uh, uterine uh, fibroid embolization last couple of segments. How does someone know if they're a good candidate for this procedure, and what would the first step be for that, and really any procedure at that point? So for for fibroid embolization, basically, if a 
woman is suffering from symptoms due to a fibroid uterus, the first step would be talking to an interventional radiologist. Um, and those are the individuals who exclusively perform this procedure, and they can talk a woman through the, what the steps are to find out if she's a candidate for it. Most women, the overwhelming majority of women, are going to be candidates. There are a few tests that we run in order to uh, ensure that the, the procedure would be safe for her, appropriate for her, um, and it, the most important step would be a pelvic MRI. Um, that'll tell us if there are any surprises that uh, would make the uh, procedure inappropriate for a particular patient. What is peripheral arterial disease? So peripheral arterial disease is when patients have, uh, usually it's plaque that builds up, kind of like corrosion in water pipes over time, but it's plaque that builds up in your arteries that in some patients can uh, limit their ability to, to carry out activities of daily living because their legs start to hurt when they try to walk or climb stairs um, or do any kind of activity that puts a greater demand on the muscles of their legs. Any, any treatment for that? or There are a lot of different treatments. What I do in particular is using minimally invasive techniques. I can use tiny balloons to stretch open areas that are narrow or put in little flexible metal stents to kind of act as a, a scaffold or a bridge to hold something open that has either been blocked or narrowed. And that's something we can do as an outpatient procedure, allows you to avoid surgery, has very high effective rates long term, and simply requires that you're followed up over time to make sure that any work that's done stays in good shape. That's uh, that's tremendous. I, I didn't even know that. I, I know it's like, you know, if the pipes get bad in the house, I can just replace those, but you yes. can't really just replace the, you know, the arteries. You can't just, I'm going to get another one of those. Like, <laughs> Not quite yet, that's for sure. Dr. Derek Mitler has been in today. He's the Director of Vascular and Interventional Services at Spectrum Medical Group. You can find them online at mainvascular.com. It is the doctor. We'll see you now. Our presented by the Spectrum Medical Group. And uh, Dr. Mitler, thank you very much. Thank you. We will have more on the way. It is The Breakfast Club on Maine's Big Z.